0: Ellis, I have a pressing and important question. And it's something that I've always See, yeah, I'm kind of like building it up here, I'm not actually asking the question, this is like podcasting 101. I've always kind of wondered about what I've been afraid to ask. Why do developers suck at design? Or why do developers just not care about design? Because from my perspective, it seems like they give zero fucks
1: about design. And I want to know. Well, Paul, that was a fantastic question that you just proposed to me. So most developers, we just don't care about design until we care about design. That's the simplest way I can answer it. We start off, we are more attracted by the programming and we want to build something that works, get something that is perhaps a minimum viable product. So we code away and really, Going back many, many years, we didn't have the luxuries of bootstrap and tailwind. We would just do, I don't even remember those days. They were such a long time ago. We started off, we just get a few colorful divs. No, not divs, it was expanding tables, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. So expanding tables. But let's fast forward to what everyone started doing. Bootstrap was brought in to help develop, well, actually it was Twitter's internal styling or something like that. But it was actually also for developers to be able to quote-unquote design. So what it meant was we got all these beautiful panels, these list groups, had fantastic padding, great margins, and we could suddenly produce good-looking applications. Now, the problem with that is that every site you started to visit Looked like Bootstrap. You, <laughs> yeah, as a designer, this must have killed you. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Bootstrap. And then we had Bootstrap themes and everything else. And what became a common thing was for people to build software, they would use admin kits. And I say this because I've done it a few times. What I'd do is I'd head to wrapbootstrap.com or whatever it was called. I'd spend $49 to $100 and I would get an admin theme. And then this admin theme would be my entire product. I would extract what I needed and I'd build it using this admin theme. And that's pretty much how I approached design. When I didn't have a designer, that is. So, big difference here. There's the world where we work with designers and we code their designs. This is the Dark side.
0: Which is well, like I've actually been I've seen it happen where I've designed something for a developer and they've taken it and ruined it as well. What's up with that?
1: Well, I didn't do that on purpose, so don't appreciate <laughs> the call out.
0: I'm not even talking about you specifically, although I'm sure there were some cases where you did that where you hard-coded like margins or padding or something. <sighs> no, I don't use margins, remember. <laughs> That's true. You don't that in my notes, I just have an all uppercase margins. I know. If a Google Doc was started by you or I, because if you started it, the margins for the page are set to (laughs) 0.01. And if I start it, they're set to 1.5 or
1: something. Yes, because you want to get it all onto a page.
0: But you know, there's a number of characters, the maximum number of characters that make lines readable and unreadable if you go past them or less readable if you go past them.
1: I did not know that. Yeah, well,
0: there is. That's that's why newspapers are set up. I, see, I'm teaching you so many things. That's why newspapers are set up in such tiny little fucking columns. Because you can read them very quickly because it doesn't take your eyes very long to go from the left edge of a column to the right edge. So you can keep going quite quickly. So there is a method to that, not just white space is
1: the best thing ever. What's a newspaper? Is that like... A website. What is that?
0: I forgot you're a millennial. No, I don't understand. Let me fax you my explanation of what a newspaper
1: is. I'll wait for that email to come through and assume that, yeah. It's like Reddit for old people without the content. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yes. I didn't know that about the line. So when I start, this isn't really design, but when I start a Google document, I'm thinking, how can I get the no, most... it's design.
0: It 100% is design, I disagree. It's design.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fine, okay, it's design. Okay, I'm not going to argue with a designer about it. But I am thinking, I'm thinking from a practical perspective, I'm thinking, how can I get the most on my screen? I do that by reducing margins. So it's actually me being hyper-efficient, you see, Mr. Margin... Yeah,
0: I think we both want the same thing and we both approach it in different ways. I want to be hyper-efficient as well, so I don't want to put too many characters (laughs) on every line because then I won't be efficient in reading the article.
1: (laughs) Dude, yeah, we'll be opening it in the future. I spend longer reading my articles than you do because I actually find that I am more productive with writing using your styling. I will admit that Mm -hmm. you've done that before in my articles, and I've just found it so much easier to write and it feels all natural. So, I have actually started whenever I do writing, I will copy your styling. (laughs) So, I have started doing that. You know, I've started doing that. Yes. After the, well, when I created a website for myself, the first thing you said to me was nice margins, because I'd, I'd done tiny margins. And by making this tiny tweak, you know, you said to increase the margins. It looked insane. It Looks so good, which is annoying.
0: Well, even look at the templates I made you for serverless Laravel, oh, dude. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of margins. There's a lot of space. There's a lot of openness, so people can consume the content in a, in an easier and nicer way and and I'm, I'm more, more thoughtful.
1: So then, I've spoken about how I do my design process, and it literally, if I was to do it, I definitely wouldn't use Adobe XD. I would start with Tailwind, and I would try and use as much of the default color palette as possible, I certainly wouldn't be using XD or Figma or anything like that. So how do you do your design? It depends.
0: If I'm adding a feature to Fathom, I don't really start in XD because some of those templates in XD are older than what our UI looks like. So I don't keep the UI in XD current because I then take it and code the HTML and CSS. And so for the feature that we were working on today, which is still top secret, so we can't even talk about it, and I feel like a jerk for bringing it up. (laughs) But I went straight to code on that, because that was easier and faster for me. I think I always start in a graphics design software, but I can iterate faster in HTML and CSS if the framework is kind of built out. Like we have a... It's like a mini or dumber version of Tailwind for Fathom's UI mm-hmm. because we don't need as much. Ma- Tailwind is is massive, the amount of components that there are, and I think it's awesome. But ours is just the components we need, and then I just add components on the fly as we need them because it's hard for me to remember the syntax. So yeah, I just do like a smaller, dumber version of Tailwind, which is what I think everybody has done in the past when they're making design systems for applications. So it depends for me. Like I start typically and it de- it also depends what I'm doing. Like if I'm designing a, a UI for an app, it's always in XD. If I'm working on branding, it's in Illustrator just because I'm old and that's what I know the best and I can work quickly on illustrations and that in Illustrator whereas XD I figured out I could iterate in that pretty fast for interface stuff because it's, it's literally just built for interfaces. There's not much else you can do in you can't really even edit photos okay. in XD. It's, it's built for interfaces.
1: Interesting.
0: Do you think that anybody do you think that anybody has the potential to be a good designer? I'm curious.
1: Well, this is interesting. My stance on this and it's changed in the last 5 years. So, my stance used to be you're either a designer or you're a developer designers are naturally good at design. However, my stance changed maybe in the last five years. I forget when exactly. But my stance now is, if you look at a design that you did, and you think it's really good, but it's actually completely shit, but you can't see how it's shit, you are so convinced that this design is the best thing ever, then you are hopeless, because you have no taste. It's hard to teach taste. But if you can look at a design and you say, that isn't very good, but I know it's not very good, and I, I can still learn how to make it better, that's a different story. If I can identify good versus bad, which it, it can be subjective, but there is a lot of design that is pretty objectively good. <laughs> I don't want to boost your ego too much, but you look at the serverless Laravel design you did, that is objectively a beautiful design comparatively, a 1991 version of a website would objectively in this day and age be a bad design. But if you can't see why that's a bad design, then you're not hopeless. I don't want to say that, but it's going to be a much harder journey. That's why I actually think I could do design if I invested the time. Because I can look at your design versus my design and I can tell that your design's better. Now, I may not know why, I may not know how you did it, but I know that it's better. So, if I can actually see that, I think there's more room to learn. So, maybe that makes me the best
0: design ever because I think all my designs are shit and I know exactly why.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, I'll do a design and I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to redo this immediately.
1: Yeah, there are lots of top tier designers, but you and uh, Steve Schroger, the refactoring UI guy, are certainly two that I consider to be best designers. And Tobias Van Schneider, He's also a great designer as well. There are a few, yeah, top-tier designers. MDS is another one. I think it's MDS. There are a few top-tier designers out there that just everything they seem to touch turns to gold. Comes down to experience. And it's not, I don't think it's natural. I don't think that your first design was fantastic. I don't. I think it was your first design was my attempt of a website nowadays. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) But I mean, what was your first design? Was it good?
0: Um no, I mean, it was a lot of flash because that's what was kind of popular back then. And it was, but I think, and I, I hate that you brought it up because I'm like, that's my fucking point. it's in my notes and you can't see my notes. So fuck you. <laughs> but I think taste is such a big thing. I think that I have amazing taste. For design, not not like clothes. You look at my clothes, I have no taste. I shop at Costco. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> but if you look at taste in terms of branding and web and digital design, then I think I have phenomenal taste there because I can see what and I can know almost intrinsically, but not like if I dig into it, I can say, like if you show me a design of something that's garbage, I could make a list easily what was wrong with it. And same with if you showed me something good, I could very quickly and easily make a list of what is precisely why that thing works. But it's also, I get maybe because I've just done this for so many years, it's almost like a gut feel. Like I can look at something, not think about all of those specifics and be like good, bad, good, bad kind of thing. But yeah, I think it's it's tough. And that's why I like things like boots, even though I hate them. I like things like Bootstrap and Tailwind and these theme kits because it gives people the ability who may not have taste. (laughs) It sounds so awful to say. Mm -hmm. But it gives people who may understand that they don't have the best taste for visuals, the ability to have somebody else think of those things for them and do those things. I'm sure there's a lot of sites that use Bootstrap who do really well because they're not catering to me. Like If you're making a product for designers then you can't use a tool like that it just it's not it just doesn't and work. and it
1: depends on the timing of this because if you were doing this 5 years ago you are going to get a different response than nowadays nowadays if you do it someone says oh it's just another shitty bootstrap website mm-hmm. that's the attitude even for me i use bootstrap you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> get me touching bootstrap this is why tailwind is taking over because they don't insist they don't force you into their they give you a lot of flexibility and control over the styling. And I think that's a big unique selling point of Tailwind. Also, you make me laugh. You are completely unapologetically confident where you know you're good, but then you are also unapologetically like self deprecating, if you like, where you on the areas that you suck. It just makes me laugh. I think it's That's that's just just how it works. You give yourself credit where it's due. Yeah, that's fair enough. (laughs) Okay, so you designed in Flash in the early days. But the question is when you were starting with Flash, were your designs good? Do you remember? I mean, some of them
0: were garbage. Some of them, like my style, has evolved and obviously been influenced by trends. I think anybody that says it's not are lying to some degree. Because I think everything, everybody exists in some sort of sub niche where there are trends. It's just like every punk thinks that they're unique and they look exactly like every other fucking punk, right? Like there's always going to be trends and whether we want them to or not, they're going to influence us in some way. So I've completely been influenced by trends. But at the same time, my designs when I started in the 90s, were very simple and minimal and had an aesthetic of space. And that hasn't changed. And at the time that wasn't that it wasn't as popular as it is now. Minimalism wasn't a thing back then. Right. But now it's kind of popular. Maybe I should just get back into web design and just make some sick bank. The the next episode is Paul Quist, <laughs> but then it's not really. And Then you you've written some clickbaity title for yep. it that just isn't true. But I think that I definitely have an aesthetic that I think people can see. Like if they're looking hard and they know work that I've done, they can kind of see that aesthetic because there's certain colors that I really like. There's certain typefaces I really like. There's certain yes. margin. Like I use very similar like. 5, 10, 20, 40, 60, 80, 120 pixel spacing and margins in my work. So it all kind of feels, I do try to match it to what it needs. Like Fathom looks different from serverless Laravel, which looks different from Chimp Essentials, yeah. which looks different than Jerve. but they all kind of carry, like they all probably speak a very similar language.
1: Minimalist, for sure. I think you do communicate some themes. Minimalism, for sure. I thought the Jim Essentials design you did was very bold. I thought, oh, crikey. like the yellow is yeah. very bold. Yeah, You do have a style, but you also don't. You are very varied, I've noticed, with your designs. Um, Fathom's very different. Yeah. Even the different marketing sites, very different. Uh, it's just... True. you Jekyll and Hyde. But I
0: like the one that we have now, I like the most. And I think that's the thing. It's hard sometimes with design when you start to know why something of your own work isn't working. Where I designed, there was a marketing site that I did that I designed and coded and finished in a fucking CMS that nobody ever saw, which had nothing aesthetically, it had nothing wrong with it. It just didn't hit the mark on what the brand needed and that bugged me. And so I had to scrap it, start again, get as many ugly cats as I could and put them all in sweaters and Okay, scarves. I'm
1: going to pause you here. You said what the brand needed. Now, if I'm designing a website, I'm not thinking about the brand. I'm thinking about the name of the product. The nav- I think name, logo, navigation, big heading, features. You said what the brand needed. What do you mean by that?
0: So let's talk about serverless Laravel because I just basically came up with that brand from scratch and designed all the templates for it, so that's fresh in my mind. I wanted the brand to convey a move from an old way of doing things to a new way of doing things, which is why there's two circles. They intersect, but they're different looking circles. So that to me was really important to convey that visually. Even if like, People who see the site, if they don't listen to the show, are never going to know that. But there is a feeling there of this makes sense. This doesn't look weird for what it is. The next thing is the colors. I wanted, because it's a programmy thing, and I know that most programmers just pick fucking blue. And if they don't pick blue, they pick green. That's true. true, For branding, I wanted something that felt bold but warm and inviting because. I think that sometimes people who are learning about a new programming thing might feel overwhelmed. So I wanted them to feel welcome, which is why I picked <laughs> the palette that I did. Jeez. The typeface, I wanted it to be simple and easy to read, but also look good with a monospace font because... A lot of code is in monospace, even the code that I write. It's using a monospace font, it's just easier to code in monospace. So I wanted to pick a font family that looked good with the font family that I picked in monospace. And so they both felt like they were different typefaces, but they could fit together. Whoa. So all of these things, even the margins, I wanted between sections it to seem like there was a break but that it still continued how on. How do you match? So all of these things I'm thinking
1: about. Yeah. Okay. This I'm confu- I'm confused by a few things. Monoface. <laughs> what? what uh, this this showing show my my naivety uh, on design. What do you mean monoface?
0: So you know how uh, monospace, Monos- not ha.
1: monoface,
0: monospace. So you know how when you're writing code, it looks the font looks kind of code like. Yeah that's a typeface that all of the characters are the exact same width. So if you press spacebar twice to indent, then you can line things up perfectly. If you press the W key, hit space, and then the I key, hit space, and then start typing, it's going to line up vertically at the same point as if you used two different letters that are smaller or wider. They're all the same width regardless.
1: oh golly, he's right, yeah. I never noticed that. Yeah,
0: it looks right for code. I don't even know why. I think it looks right for code because you sometimes need to line things up vertically as well, which is why I think monospace makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if you use a serif font with the little wiggly bits on the end of things, easiest way to describe it, it looks more formal. If you use a sans serif font, like the Apple font is a good example, or Helvetica or Arial, it looks a bit more friendly, engaging. I personally feel it's a bit easier to read. I think there's psychology that says serif is easier to read, but it just feels a bit more inviting and less stuffy to use a typeface like that.
1: Okay, so you are a full full font nerd. Because the feedback I've got on your work from people is, I don't understand how he does it with the fonts. That's the feedback I get on (laughs) your work. How does he do that with the fonts? You know a lot about fonts. Uh, That is a lot of stuff to just know. You
0: know a lot about serverless Laravel. Like That's what you do, right? Do you think,
1: think as a developer, I underestimate how much supporting knowledge you have as a designer? Probably. And probably
0: vice versa, I suppose, but... Yeah, probably. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it cuts both ways.
1: Okay, so then me trying to do design, because a lot of people will go onto Wix.com and they'll think that that's a good website, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that me trying to do a site to compete with you, to be as good as you, is the equivalent of you using Drupal or WordPress Hacking it about to compete with bespoke software.
0: I think in either case, there are instances where it doesn't matter. Like if I'm a restaurant and I'm posting my business hours and how to like DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever it is, then use fucking Wix, right? Like who cares? All they care. If I'm looking up a restaurant, I want to know either how to order, who to call, or what the hours are, or if I can see a menu. It doesn't matter what that site looks like. If I need a website that has a CMS, I'm not going to build a bespoke software product or learn how to code a bespoke CMS. I'm just going to grab statamic and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Or use WordPress if I need something way more complicated. Right. Mm. Like in some instances, it doesn't matter. Because we are selling software, we couldn't use no code, like the whole no-code oh, movement. Yeah, yeah. Which I think isn't even really a I think it's incorrect nomenclature, because there is definitely code being used, you're just not the one writing it. Yeah. And it absolutely makes sense in quite a few scenarios. If you're a software company and you don't know how to write code, I think that's a problem. Well, yeah. If you're selling something to designers and you don't know how to design, that's probably a problem,
1: right? It's the same as serverless and there being service behind it. People say, oh, it's not serverless. No, it's just a word to describe not managing your servers. To me, no code is, I am not managing the code. As a developer, Mm -hmm. I'd never use it. I can't think of a single situation where I'd use no code to build an application. No, I'm just trying to understand what the equivalent of me designing is to the equivalent of you trying to build something that I'm perhaps coding from scratch. Because clearly, I couldn't design something the same as you, because there are missing parts. And then I'm wondering, if a designer attempted to do something, to build a piece of software, what would the missing parts be? There must be a comparison there that allows my brain to understand it. Because I think I do underestimate their supporting knowledge. Like I say, you go into all this font stuff. I mean, what? That's crazy. <laughs> and fonts are huge in design, right? I know that. Yeah. But as to how much you know about different fonts and... All this jazz, and some people may be listening and thinking, "Oh, how does he not know that?" Really, just I'm crap at design. I definitely have never been a font expert either.
0: Well, there's probably some designers. There's some designers listening who are like nitpicking the way that I've described some font things. Like, I don't think I know a ton about fonts. I know enough about fonts to be a good designer.
1: Just before I forget, can I just say, Jack McDade, get fucked. Now, why am I saying that? He can write because <laughs> he's good dude, at both. What the hell? Right. So, where does he get off being good at design and being good at programming? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's very, very rare. It's very rare that you have someone who's very good at both of these things. I don't know. I think coding's easier to learn than design. Yeah, refactoring UI is a great resource. But what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think design is easier than than writing code. I mean, I can write, and that's the thing, Like, I can write very, very simple code. I mean, I do all of the front-end coding for us. But when you screen share and whip through like 18 files that are connecting something to something else, to some other function than this, I'm just like,
1: Ugh. Sure. Nerd! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, typefaces, comparatively, typeface matching. I mean, what is that? Like, monospace type... How do you even match a font? I try and do that, and I'll get a base font. I'll say I'll have Helvetica. I'll be proud of myself. Then I'm trying to get a font for the bigger text. It looks crap. Always looks crap. And I give up, and I just yeah. So Paul designed my portfolio website, just a landing page. My first attempt, I thought was okay. You looked at it and were like, uh, 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 uh. and I told
0: you everything that was wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: don't. I don't. <laughs> it's just crazy to me. So, you approach the design from. So, do you want to know the secret? Can Pools.
0: I just tell you what the secret is to design? Tell us, Paul. We could build it up a bit, but I don't care. <laughs> Consistency. I think when people who aren't designers, like quote unquote good designers, approach design, they imagine that there needs to be more fonts, more colors, more sizes, more different types of spacing. More everything, and if you look at my designs like let me just pull it up. I am looking at the back end like I'm looking at the dashboard for fathom okay mm-hmm. there are two font sizes the entire app has two font sizes so let me just go to inspector here it has a font that is thirteen pixels and a font that is fifty six pixels that is one hundred percent of our interface is two font sizes. There are, I think, three colors. There's the dark gray, the light gray, and the purple. And there's, I think, two different padding widths. There's 10 picks and 20 picks, and that's it.
1: I may have broken that somewhere. Just Yeah, you
0: probably have. I'm looking at the chart specifically. Yeah, the chart breaks it, and we don't even need to talk about that. But that's where I think most people go wrong, is they assume that in order for... A design to look really good is got to have a lot of stuff. Like it's got to have five or six different typeface sizes, and it can. It's just harder to do it that way. My personal site has one font, one font size, one font color. I think I might use italic. I don't even use bold. And I mean that doesn't obviously doesn't work for everything. I just have a weird personal site that I like to make as simple as humanly possible. But it's possible to do these things with with way less. And it's so hard to explain the value of consistency to non-designers. And designers are like, the reason something looks good is consistency. The reason why companies have brand guidelines is because consistency it all comes down to consistency. Everything comes down to consistency with the statics.
1: Interesting, and I always looked at it as each element is separate in the page. Maybe the navigation would line up with the logo, but certainly once I'm down the screen, I'm not <laughs> even thinking about how it is consistent with the rest of the site. Certainly not. I'm doing it on an element-by-element element basis. And you, and that's wrong. Yeah. Well you were, you were dangerously close, I was waiting for you to say, less is more. I was just waiting for that to come out of your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to say it a bunch of times and I just couldn't. So the communicating what the brand's trying to communicate, you start with the brand. It isn't just a web page design, it's a brand communication. And maybe that's like when programmers start with the business objective. There are two kinds of programmers. <laughs> gross simplification, but there are a few, the, <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. The two kind of approaches I'm thinking of are I'm a programmer who's speaking with a business. I'm learning about their business and I'm learning about their business goals. Then there's a programmer who isn't interested in the business goals. They just want to hear what they want to have done, they want to be prescribed to. They don't want to solve a business problem. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of when you're talking about starting with the brand. I think there must be designers that don't think about the brand. They just want to try and get a pretty page, which is less effective than starting with the brand.
0: Yeah, I don't care about the aesthetics in the beginning. I care about what the goals are. Like that to me is that I start at goals and then I work, then the outcome is what it looks like. Whereas I'm sure some designers are just like, tell me what the elements are. Here's some lorem ipsum. Like I can't even design unless I have real content. Like, I couldn't do the Fathom marketing site without the content because everything had to fit in place that made sense from a sales and a marketing perspective and a communication and education perspective. Yeah. Right. So, like, all of these things really, really matter. And the
1: flow of when they learn them, too. Mm -hmm. You think about how important the copy is now. You said about Lorem Ipsum. Back in my days of agency work, Lorem Ipsum was the norm. If you someone used actual content in a design, they were considered to be stupid. Yeah. And nowadays, if you use lorem ipsum in your design, you're considered to be a fucking moron. Being yeah, honest. it's it's just wrong. It's patently wrong. Why did wrong. that come from? Why did it start? And why did it stop? I think because as
0: designers have gotten a more important seat at the table, their ideas and reason like there's now design focus companies, or design-led companies. Whereas that was never the case. It was we just need something that looks aesthetically good. We'll plug in the content later. We don't need to, don't need to tell designers what our business objectives are. They're fucking designers. <laughs> Whereas now it's like, this is the most important thing for a designer to know is what your objectives are. So obviously, yes, you need to tell them. Obviously the content plays a role. Obviously the programming plays a role. Like They're, they're all connected. And so I like that design has a bit more of a powerful seat at the table. Maybe they get like an extra spoon at their place. Yeah,
1: no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Because has it always been like this, where you're working to communicate the brand, and you're looking to communicate the brand through the entire design? Has it always been like that, or has that been a more recent thing as we've seen more competition on the (laughs) internet, and uh, you're having to? No, it's
0: always been the same. It's always been the same. Same with business objectives. Even when I was freelancing. The design was the outcome of what the business objectives were. Like the business objectives were the input. And to be honest, dude, like that's why I made a ton of money being a designer because I cared about the business objectives. I understood how design could impact them and I could do a better product for all of my clients who could then make more money and be happier with my work and refer me to other people. Like it was a snowball thing. And so when I approached design for my own products, like Fathom, that we have, it's the same thing. I understand how valuable knowing what the business are what the business objectives are in the design, and that's what leads the design. Is that right?
1: Okay. So, just thinking about what I do if I'm a developer listening, and I'm thinking about how I might become a better designer. There's obviously the supporting knowledge for the fonts. I've obviously learned, uh, not so much you, but from refactoring UI, there are certain tweaks that you designers make that you're not even aware that you're doing. Like you might add a little shadow on something or you might round, it's just natural. But it's not natural, you've had to learn it at some point, but now it's such a given. It's the equivalent of like a Laravel developer setting up some migration files. I don't know, but there are so many things you do that are obvious to you but aren't obvious to a novice. But really it's it's your intent. It sounded like it's your intent and how am I'm going to communicate this message throughout the page. You're not jumping to doing a thousand boxes. you're using lots of spacing. You're letting the viewer breathe, which is a big part because yeah, I, I go straight to the bloody boxes. I'm probably <laughs> web 1.0 web 2.0. I think about having you know three squares, the two sidebars and the main area. I go straight to that. Whereas you use, I mean, that sounds like a decent wireframe. Yeah, but you use a lot of text (laughs) and you use text to structure your design, which is fascinating if you think about it. I think Steve does the same. Yeah, I think so too.
0: For the most part, people don't go to websites to look at them, they go to websites to learn or get something. And we do that through content, text, video, images, that sort of thing. It's mostly just figuring out what the theme is and the, the mood and what you want to convey and then thinking, okay, how can I consistently do this? How can I just keep applying consistency? And for coders, that just means less code. like It's less CSS if you only have one font size and line height and kerning. It's less, it's less CSS. No,
1: for sure. Well, in my case, it doesn't matter. So that's another question I've got for you. Yeah, you just hard code margins everywhere. <laughs> so <you didn't> <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, don't even get me started on that. Do you think it's been an advantage as a designer to be able to code HTML and CSS, especially responsive as well?
0: I think so. Well, I mean, when I first started I didn't have a programmer, so I had to code it all myself and then make custom WordPress themes and all of that. So I did that so I could make more money because I wanted all of the pie.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Basically, um I think it's good cuz most developers don't like front-end code and they do it poorly because they hate it because it's not that interesting. It right? is not as interesting as writing code for an application or connecting a serverless who's a majiggy what's it you've angered a lot right? of people like,
1: by saying that you've angered thousands of front end developers all over the world it's
0: front end development is a different thing than back end development mm, yeah. and a lot of application programmers don't like it and don't put in the work to do it well right which is another reason why i think something like tailwind is is really good because they have all they've thought about is how the css and the front end interact with each
1: other yeah that's very diplomatic, actually, what you just said there. <laughs> it's true, though. Dude, I get stuck on the front end for ages. And, and this is why our partnership works. You enjoy design, and you are a good front end developer on the HTML, CSS side, right? Mm-hmm. So I can just step into already coded stuff, which I'm not used to. But it makes my life so much easier. And I can just plug in, I like JavaScript, so plug in the JavaScript, and then the server side stuff.
0: Yeah, and I hate JavaScript, so... And I don't want you to fuck up my things in <laughs> responsive mode. Yeah. I don't want you to just wreck it on mobile. Yeah, I know, I would. I would wreck it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's just interesting. I I've, I've been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, on how you design and everything else. Yeah, there's not really a there's not really a one-size-fits-all piece of advice. I think the biggest thing there is like you say consistency, mm-hmm. giving space I mean, can you give any high-level pieces of advice? Because obviously you've got all these nitty-gritty details that you know. It's impossible for you to recite them all because it's just ingrained in your soul. Mm -hmm. You have not got access to them. It just happens. You close your eyes, you black out. You have no idea what you do. You just perform the magic. But have you got any high-level... You're going to tell me to fuck off, actually, because you've actually said you can point out what's good and bad in the design, which still doesn't make sense to me. But are there any high-level takeaways, yeah. things that people can start to do if they want to learn to design, but they, they suck?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at things that everybody agrees are, are well-designed, look at them and think about why. Don't just look at them and be like, oh yeah, I wish I could design like that. Think about why, think about the typefaces they use, think about the colors that they use, think about the spacing that they use, think about the images that they use, and start to pick apart, because that's, what design, that's how designers learn how to design. That's
1: how coders learn as well.
0: Well, yeah, true, very true. I think that in the beginning, you know where you want your work to be, but aren't there yet. So it's about closing that gap. So if you start thinking about it like that for another thing that you might have to do, like design, if you're a developer, then you can think if my design looks like shit and this design looks great, what makes this design great? And then what makes my design shit? And then work at fixing it. It's not going to happen overnight. But it can be iterated upon and worked on, or just download Tailwind.
1: <laughs> someone should tell the WordPress developers. <laughs> Sponsored
0: by yeah, Tailwind. Okay, yeah.
1: I was gonna say someone should tell the WordPress developers to look at statamic yeah. shots, shots fired. <laughs> Cause that's well designed and easy to use. Oh, and yeah, the code as well. Let's not even get started on the code. I hate hate WordPress. Yeah, I'm not I'm just looking at the design thinking about that. I suppose that is it. That's what we do as coders. We look at it and we go, why is this one better than mine? Yeah, let's get. How yeah. do we get closer? To that?
0: How come this person could write it in five lines, and it took me thirty-five?
1: Yeah, I think that's good advice. So, there is hope for you if you're a programmer and you suck at design, and you want to get better at design. There is hope for you. Alternatively, probably, probably, probably yeah, maybe. No <laughs> guarantees. Another option is to find a partner. Okay, so what I did was the way I found a, a partner who was a great designer. I found Paul Jarvis online. I signed up to his newsletter. Then I bought his course, and then I found his address, and then I moved to his town, and then I messaged him saying, "Oh, you sounds like you're close to me. Do, do you want to meet up?" And I met your front yeah, door. Yeah, they turned up at his front door. We had coffee. <laughs> so that's what I'd probably advise. You know, Tobias lives in New York. you could probably turn up on his door. Well, who else do we know? Steve lives in Canada. you know come to Canada and find a moose and ride to Steve's house. Steve has a partner, but I mean, it's hard to find Everybody components. in Canada
0: knows each other. Just ask for designer Steve. Show up at the border, ask the border guard.
1: Dude, that's what people think about in the UK. I uh, First time I came into Saskatchewan, it was an older guy, not too old, but old enough that I'm going to mess with him. Uh, no, young enough, I mean that I'm going to mess with him. And uh, I said that I knew the Queen and that uh, it wasn't direct relative, but... And obviously I go to family functions. Full on believed it. He was an actual cowboy, I think, technically. Like a proper cowboy, like a horse.
0: Yeah, I mean the Saskatchewan, there's, there's cowboys, cowgirls, cowboys. Yeah, rodeo
1: and all that kind of business. So right. yeah, they thought I knew the queen, which was pretty pretty fun. So yeah, if you're a developer and you're looking for some design tips, you can email Paul and he's looking to take on, I think, three hour sessions for design consulting, I think free of charge as well. Oh, we'll be uh, sharing his email in the podcast notes. Oh god.
0: But yeah, I think the other point that we can kind of end it on is that if you don't understand a skill, try not to devalue it because I think there some designers devalue programmers, some programmers devalue designers because they don't understand it, so they don't they're like oh whatever, we we just kind of fill that in or slot that in or that that's not important. I think the reason why fathom works really well and is profitable is that we equally value the way that the design works with the programming and the application. And if those things weren't in sync and weren't valued at equal levels, it, it wouldn't work. Like a pretty thing that doesn't work isn't really that useful. An ugly thing that works but is really hard to understand or really hard to figure out isn't that useful. So it has to be kind of a, a middle ground there.
1: I'm too far gone because that's so obvious to me. Um... Yeah, you want well, you want top tier in all areas if you can. Yeah. So I mean, any programmer that doesn't value design is a complete. I'm not. I've got to stop calling people idiots. I'm on one today, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. No. but How can? Yeah. Design is huge. I wasn't going to call you an idiot about it or anything. <laughs> but. I've never not valued design, and I think if you're going to partner with someone as well, I think if both of you can bring your skill and you can also bring maybe a little bit of marketing or even some you're able to write content, whether it's SEO. Or anything, I think that's valuable. But uh, I've never undervalued any of your work for the record, just putting that out there ever. Thanks. <laughs> oh, shucks. Oh, dear. So, on that note, Paulus Jarvis, we'd like to say thank you to our sponsor. Who is our sponsor this week?
0: Our sponsor. I'm looking at our sponsor sheet today. It looks like it is nobody. Uh, okay, so so instead, yeah, check out Fathom. Use Fathom.com. I don't think we've ever like just straight up promoted Fathom on the show as like a quote unquote sponsor.
1: Oh, so okay.
0: Just check out Fathom.